it's just a good time to be in Fort Worth. We're actively encouraging that. Our economic development strategy has a strong focus on entrepreneurship and growing those small businesses. The reality of it is all healthy cities, the real backbone of your city is going to be small business and entrepreneurs. Hey guys, it's Chris with the Fort Podcast. Excited today to have the one and only Mayor Price on the show with us. We cover a lot of ground talking about Fort Worth, downtown, public education, where Fort Worth is headed, how the Amazon effect helped DFW, the growing and emerging tech scene across Fort Worth, and much more. Hope you enjoy it. Excited about today, I have uh, a good friend of mine today, Mayor Price, on the podcast with us. Uh, Mayor Price, thanks for your willingness to do this. Sure, I'm uh, delighted to be here. We love to talk about the city, Chris. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Ford Capital uh, is um, a company that's very excited to be in Fort Worth. Uh, a lot of our identity and how we think about growth is through Fort Worth, and uh, being with Mayor Price and working through her administration has been a huge impact on us. So. <laughs> What has it been like to be the mayor of Fort Worth? Um, and what? You might be asking me on the wrong day today. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We had, uh, you know, to serve, as, to serve as mayor of Fort Worth is quite an opportunity. It's, it's quite an honor, really, is what I should say, to have the trust of all the citizens placed in you. It's an amazing, it's an amazing gig. You're all over the page. It's long hours, but it's really rewarding. And the people are the best parts of it. But you do get to do some really cool things. Like what? You know, my favorite thing probably is flying in an F-16 jet. <laughs> with Lockheed? Yeah, with Lockheed. It was cool. I mean, it's probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, the anticipation of it. And you go for a physical, and then you go through two hours or three hours, I think, of training and they put you in the mock ejection sheet seat, and suddenly you're going, holy mackerel, this could happen. <laughs> and then you get on the jet, and it's really cool. And, you you know, you taxi down the runway, and he said, now don't bother waving at your family. They're all waiting in the hangar. He said, they can't see you. He said, we'll be out of their sight in about four seconds. Is this over by <laughs> uh, by Shady Oaks where you all yeah. are flying up? And well, we went all the way almost to Abilene. How quickly did it take to get to Abilene? Mm, about 20 minutes or less. That's good to know. Our army's alive and well. Fast, and we yeah. came back down through Possum Kingdom and flew down the kind of the river channel. He got real low and said, we'll fly between the banks here, but just for a little bit because the farmers out here don't like it when we buzz their cattle. How long does it take you to adjust to that speed and pretty quick? I, you know, that the cabins are so good that you don't notice it very much. I mean, everybody kept saying, oh, you'll be sick, you'll be sick. I said, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but they, you know that you don't eat much before you fly, and they just said eat bananas. They taste the same going down <laughs> as they do coming up. But I wasn't the least bit sick. Cool. The worst thing for me is I'm a little bit claustrophobic, and they put that mask. You put your mask on, and we got up, and my pilot, who was the sweetest man in the world, said, uh, "I don't worry about that mask. I just have to make it through the first few minutes. We'll take them off once we're airbound." Wow. And then put them back on for landing. How many times have you done that? Just once. Just once? Yeah. We'll do it again. Does every somewhere. mayor get to do it? or is Pretty it... much, because F-16s are built in Fort Worth. Yep. It'd be interesting with the F-35, because it's a single-seat jet. So chances are the next mayor's flying are slim. Yeah. 
because they're probably yeah. not equipped. I think there may be an F-35 trainer or two around that has a double seat, but most of them are not. What, uh, what is something that you wish you knew before being mayor that you would tell the next mayor of Fort Worth they need to uh, be prepared for? You know, I think they need to be prepared just for the sheer volume of the office, the sheer number of times. If you put on the proverbial ball cap and spin it around, the number of times you have to change your thinking in the middle of the day, you know, we you move from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And you just have to surround yourself with really good staff that can help you. Are they going to need security detail? Every mayor in every large city has security detail. But didn't you tell Mike Moncrief that you wouldn't need it? I did early on, but I found <laughs> out pretty quick you do need it. And, you know, really, some a friend of mine who's a former FBI exec and is retired came in one day when I'd been in office about a month and said, you have to have security. Said, and you have to have two at all times. Said, the most recognizable people in any state are the governor and the mayors of the big cities. People often don't know what their congressperson looks like. They may know the name, but some of them know, but not a lot. And said they won't know the lieutenant governor more than likely, except on election year. They always know the mayors and they all of the big cities, and they always know the governor. I, I was standing behind you at the TCU football game the other day in line. I gave you a quick hug, and I could see the security just staring right at me as I came up to give you a hug. So they're doing a good job. They do a nice job, and the other beauty is they allow you to do your work because yep. they do the advance work, and they do the logistics and the driving and all, and they check out everything to know where you're going and what you're doing. And is it safe? Is it, you know, how do you get in and out? You don't have to worry about any of that. And yep. when you're this busy, you need to be able to be on the phone and on your iPad in the car. You yep. don't need to be worrying about driving. How has being uh, in, a, in a position like you are and as visible you are, do you think has changed with social media and the media and how, I guess there's so many um, opinions and just it's, it's very, politics is at the forefront. You can't really hide anymore. Yeah, and you shouldn't. Anybody that runs for office should know that they're putting themselves out in the public and they're exposing their family also. And, you know, it's not about the politics. It's about the public service. Right. It's about serving the public. And how do you serve the public if you're not very visible? Yep. Some politicians, some public servants are not real hands-on, are not real public-facing. Personally, I love people and people are what make my day. Yep. So I'm out there and you know, police department has said, you're probably the hardest one to take care of because you hug everybody, you go everywhere. Somebody will say, take a picture. You take 10,000 pictures oh, wow. in a day, which is great, you know. <laughs> and social media, you do get a lot of threats on social media. You yep. get a lot of comments, and, and you have to be, you don't respond to everyone. You don't want to give everybody a platform. But you do have to be aware of what's out there. Have you built thicker skin just from the, the, the negativity <laughs> that can come through? You know, social media through you know, commenting. And I've been very blessed with a. I don't do this job because I have to. Right. I do it because I love this city yep. and I love the people. It's never really worried me about it. I've been very blessed with a, an intercom that I was put here for a reason. It's more of a calling for me. That yep. sounds strange. And I feel like we're doing the right thing. And when yep. I don't have that gut feeling or that heart feeling that I'm doing the right thing, 
I have to step back and readjust that. So consequently, the negative comments don't bother me that yeah. much. When did you know that you were going to run for mayor, that this was destined for you? I never, I wasn't looking for this job. Yeah. It came looking for me. When I was tax assessor, we had revamped that office yep. um, and done a really nice job with it, not just because I did it, but we were way out on the cutting edge and got a lot of awards nationwide for our success. And people started coming and saying, you need to take that. When Moncrief retires, you should take your business skills and your love for the city and run for mayor. And I said no for six months. Really? My husband and I both said no. And my children said, oh, mom, that's a total different level. Yeah. You know, and but eventually they came around and said, you know, said, okay. Would, did you want to do it for those six months? No, or? I had real reservations about yeah. it. I liked my work in the tax office. Yep. And I'd been there 10, 10 and a half, nearly 11 years and was fairly comfortable with it. Um, had a really good staff, saw some opportunities to continue the growth there. So I was quite happy where I was. Yep. What do you think uh, from <clears> a tax perspective? But I love this one now. I know. And you do a great job. Thank you. Um, what What are, uh, from a tax assessor uh, standpoint, maybe I'm asking the wrong question, but what is, what is Texas going to do about property taxes? Well, I hope that what Texas is going to do about property taxes is properly fund the schools. Yep. In 2000, I took off, was elected in 2000 and took office January 1st of 2001. Yep. And the first year I was in office, state education, local education was 60% state funded and 40% school uh, local property taxes, which meant your property bills were lower. Yep because better than 50% of everybody's bills are schools. Okay. Nowadays, it's 60% local property taxes that fund the schools and 40% state. Got it. And the state has really cut that funding, so the reliance has gone very heavy on your local property taxes. And the schools just, you know, they have to raise them because they have to educate our kids. Yep. And I don't know that most people truly understand the fact that it's really your school taxes that drive that bill. Yep. The county and the city are smaller pieces of that. And this city piece, we have cut our rate seven cents in the last four years. Yep. Fort Worth historically had a very high rate because we historically had very low values. Right. But to remain competitive for good developers like your company, uh -huh. you got to get that rate down. Yep. And we've been able to accomplish that. Yeah. No, every year I've noticed it's gone down a penny or two. Mm -hmm. Speaking of public education, it is, um, it's on the forefront of pretty every, pretty much every metropolitan area or big city. I know that Fort Worth, what's our initiative? Read Fort Worth. Read Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. um, what's going on across the city to make our public school system better? Well, the Read Fort Worth initiative is a collaborative impact, meaning that everybody is going to put education first and foremost on every project that they touch. Take, for example, the city's after-school care and before school, our summer camps, um, our crime control prevention programs, the after late night coming up gangs, all those, I mean, coming up, coming up program. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those now have a literacy component focused on education. This is 100 by 2025 is the goal. Okay. It's cradle to third grade because third grade's the benchmark for children. Really? If they can read at third grade when they leave third grade, they're four times more likely to graduate from high school and to have a job that pays better than minimum wage. How can uh, the uh, any citizen in Fort Worth 
help this initiative? They is can there... go to readfortworth.org. Okay. Or they can go to fortworthtexas.gov and uh, Google Read, and there's a link there. And they can get involved in reading at the schools. They can get involved in helping teachers, volunteering. But mostly, it's a proven fact that communities that talk about education and demand higher standards on education begin to move the needle. The startling figure is every major city in Texas, and that includes Fort Worth, at when we started this program two years ago, we looked at the stats for third grade reading, and only three out of every 10 of our children were reading at grade level. Wow. That's not a good thing for our long term. And in two years, we've moved that needle 7%. Wow. We're now at 37% who are reading at grade level. And we're starting early. We're starting on birth, early child care, because that is really the key. Kids need to be in quality child care right. from the time mom or dad returns to work, where they're learning things, where somebody's talking to them, where they're ready to learn when they hit kindergarten. How, uh, how impactful is the parent or the guardian in the success of kids up to third grade? You know, the most, the big key for schools is really engaged parents. Yep. The, the real plus for students is an engaged parent. And I know many parents work two, three jobs or single parents, but you still have to find, if you can't do it, find somebody, find a neighbor, find a grandparent, find an aunt, somebody who can help your kids or make certain that they're in quality childcare. Yep. And quality childcare is outrageously expensive. Yep. And we're working on some initiatives uh, to try to get that underwritten. We just debuted with Lena Pope Home and UNT Health Science Center a program that's 50% underwritten and 50% wow. private pay for kids from birth to four-year-olds when they can start pre-K that promises to be good. That's incredible. I know from a development standpoint, the success of any city alleviating poverty, um, an educated city is a growing city. Uh, big or companies that are looking to move to Texas are looking at um, not only workforce and the availability of land, but who, an educated workforce, and um, it's critical. I know this whole, uh, you know, Amazon was coming into town and blah, 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 and I know a lot of what they were is, is the educated workforce, uh -huh. and so. Um, That's one of the big factors that got us started down the pipeline on Reed Fort Worth. About five years ago, we had two high-tech companies, small, mid-sized companies, right. probably 150, 200, 300 jobs each who were actively looking at Fort Worth and made it to their short list between Fort Worth and Austin. And we felt pretty good about our chances of landing them here, and they went to Austin. And I got, had gotten to know them, and I called them and said, just tell me why you didn't pick Fort Worth. And they said, because you have a very good workforce right now, but we're worried about your pipeline. Yep. Your upcoming workforce is not where it needs to be. And that's when we seriously started looking at our literacy effort and our STEM efforts in the school. And at the same time, we had a golden opportunity with Dr. Scribner coming in, the new superintendent. How does somebody, how, what's like the formula for uh, pipeline workforce? Like how would you know if a city has a good pipeline in front of it? You really look at the state data, the TEA data that shows the test scores, the literacy score of your kids, where each school is. You look at the, the city's college graduate ratio. Are they attracting college graduates? We, we will continue to have that because we have a strong focus on it. But a city like Fort Worth that's high growth, you know, a lot of our, we only have about a 35% college ratio of adults who have a BS or BA here right. in Fort Worth. 
for a city our size, that's a little low. Yep. And we import a lot of talent. A lot of talent moves here for the jobs, but we'll never long-term import enough talent. We have to grow our own. Right. So we just have to focus on that. That's one of the asks that at State of the City last year is we said we need every business in this room to think about how can they step up yep. and help their families with child care and demand they have their children in quality child care, and how can they step up and help their employees with education. Yep. I love it. Um, you mentioned tech. What's what's the scene in Fort Worth? What's the tech scene like in the startup culture? From my perspective, the entrepreneurship scene is alive and well. Yeah, Fort Worth's entrepreneurship yeah. really is alive and well. It's very exciting. In fact, we're doing an East Side Crawl tomorrow night, I think it is, that showcases the East Side entrepreneur piece. Uh, our Business Assistance Center, the incubator at UNTL Science Center Alliance has an incubator really helping a lot of them. We've got you know, the uh, million cups of coffee, we've got the WeWork stations, a lot of things happening, and I'm very excited about that. Um, it's just a good time to be in Fort Worth. Yep. We're actively encouraging that. Our economic development strategy has a strong focus on entrepreneurship and growing those small businesses. The reality of it is all healthy cities, the real backbone of your city is going to be small business and entrepreneurs. How has Facebook uh, moving into Fort Worth and building that incredible data center, uh, how has that been a, a benefit to Fort Worth, and um, what's what are the repercussions of having them? You know, in? Facebook has, if not their largest, their next to largest data center here. That's a billion-dollar investment and growing. They are now working on their, I believe it's their third iteration of adding on and expanding, their third expansion. And they have been incredibly happy with it. And the good news there is when people realize you've got Facebook, they know you've got the infrastructure you need to support other data centers and to port, support the tech, tech scene, and they know that you've got workers that are available for that. So the spinoff effect of Facebook's been very big for us. Right. And if you think about the tech scene, when you think about tech and Silicon Valleys in Texas, where do you think it is? Austin. Now, there's more jobs, nearly twice as many jobs in the tech industry in Fort Worth and Dallas combined as there is in Austin. Really? Isn't that amazing? How many? Do we know? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't have my huh, cheat sheet with the fine. numbers, but it's a lot, yep. a lot of tech jobs. The, the It's funny, uh, as we think about it, is like, for a long time it's been like there's life and then there's tech, and now it's like... It's all tech. Life is becoming technology. Um, yeah, if you think about one of the growing fields that we really need to figure out where our kids are going, rather than carrying $100,000 in college debt, they ought to be looking at a certification from TCC. Yep. Because if you look at auto mechanics, they're not what we used to refer to as grease monkeys. They're computer right. technicians. Yep. And the average auto mechanic working at a new car store starts at over 50000 and works their way up to a six-figure income in four to five years. Wow. And that, you know, that you've also got plumbers, electricians, all those skills, and those are all technical. Do we have anything, and if we don't... Um, Require a lot of computer training. Do we have any place in the city where if somebody wants to learn coding and computer language, they can go take an affordable class and start learning that? Absolutely. TCC has great computer classes for entry level, and they offer them. I think they're offered at every one of their campuses, but I know South Campus and Northwest do, and they have them 
early in the day and they have them late at night too for people who want to take them. It's a great chance and for high school kids, a lot of the high schools, a lot of the ISDs are now offering that. Yep. Uh, Northwest ISD offers a certification for coding that's a phenomenal. I've been in there. It's They've crazy. got a you know, Microsoft and a Google certification and uh, Trimble Tech and Poly High School both have uh, Microsoft certification classes also. If you are wondering how to increase your career, learning coding, um, learning more computer languages is a one of the quickest ways to do it. We are lacking in the United States big time on those skills and um, it's, they're not easy to learn, but they're not hard to learn if you focus and uh, it's becoming more accessible. So that's exciting. It really is and this generation is very friendly, tech friendly. And so I don't think most of the younger millennials will be the least bit daunted about learning coding. Yep. Um, how is the, the South Side, the medical scene? Are, are, are we looked at as a, a medical dominant city? You know, we, the South Side is a definite medical district, yep. an innovation district, and we are rapidly growing. There are probably 40,000 jobs in the South Side that are medical connected probably 32, 34 in the South Side, and then spread out if you get into UNT Health Science Center, Smith Nephew, and uh, Galderma and Alcon mm -hmm. makes better than 40,000. Wow. So we really have a big presence in the medical industry, and we are working on growing that. The new med school that's coming that's a partnership with TCU and UNT Health Science Center. The beauty of med schools is they bring not just students, they increase your residency, your graduate uh, placements for med students. And when they do their residency requirements, they generally stay. And with that comes research grants and research opportunities. So it's, kind of, it's got a real spinoff um, effect and we will really grow that medical industry. Transit um, and mobility I know has been big on your agenda and you've been a, a fighter for it for Fort Worth. How, um, how one, has the change in mobility and transportation affected how we'll grow in the future? And are we kind of lucky that some of the delays in, transport, in, in implementing our public transportation plan actually happened because what would have been built wasn't necessarily conducive to the world we live in today? Yeah, I do think the change, we do live in a really disruptive time. When things change, just literally in six months, things change dramatically. If you think about your cell phone, yeah. People have really only had the smartphone. They've mm -hmm. had cell phones a good while, but they've only had a smartphone 10 or 11 years. And that isn't that long. It runs the world. Yeah, it does run the world. And transit's kind of the same way. It is exploding in the innovation side of it. And it's probably a good thing that some of this was delayed. Yep. Our first piece of rail will be to the airport in December this year, late December. And that's a really a stake in the ground that says we're serious about transit. Yep. Texans are notorious for not wanting mass transit. We all love our pickups and our Suburbans, and I'm just as guilty. Yep. My SUV, not a Suburban now that my kids are all grown, but an SUV. I joke about it. My wife and I can go to, like, fly to New York, and we have no problem walking 20 yeah. blocks to dinner. But if we can't park right outside the front door of a <laughs> restaurant in Fort Worth, we won't go in. Or if we have to park in a parking garage and walk around, it just seems... I don't think you're the only ones that think that way. It's but, crazy. But if we're ever going to manage the growth and the amount of time spent in traffic, we will never pour enough concrete to accommodate right. the growth we're having. So we really have to begin to get 
tech transit user friendly. And, you know, buses will be always probably be with us and be a piece of the backbone for everyday use. But then you have to look at things like VIA that Arlington's doing uh, on demand. Uber and Lyft have revolutionized revolutionized uh, transit. Right. And you're just going to see more and more of that. We put better than a million dollars in this year's budget to use for innovation and transit. And they're studying three or four new programs, and about the time we're ready to pull the trigger on one, something, another iteration of it comes along. But you're going to see some major changes in that. Are you seeing... Uh Based on your conversation with other leaders of other cities and then looking at Fort Worth, we're supposed to grow a million people in the next, call it 20, 25 years. Do you think the majority of that uh, growth will occur in the urban center or is it going to be more of a spread out sprawl? I think you'll see a pretty good blend of that. Um, we would like to have the majority of it in the urban center because you have to to, to really support transit and to support our, a vibrant downtown like we have, you have to continue to densify those areas, to get right. a walkable city, a bikeable city, uh, truly, that's what you have to have. But this is Texas, and Fort Worth has 70,000 acres of undeveloped oh, no. land. Love it's it. a lot. It's twice what Dallas has, and if you put Frisco, McKinney, Plano all together, it's more than they have. Wow. So we will obviously going to see some growth out. We so just we are open be, for business, yeah, and we're we have the land business. to accommodate. Yep. We just have to figure out how do we manage that and how do we serve it with adequate infrastructure to get people to and from the jobs. How's uh, XTO left downtown? Um, downtown is becoming more vibrant. What is them leaving? Uh, what are our hopes and dreams for how that space is filled, and um, how, how has Frost Tower changed the game? It, well, Obviously, XTO, we were incredibly disappointed about, but it hasn't had the impact that people were terrified. We were going to have five, six empty buildings sitting, and they've pretty much been sold yep. and are being repurposed. One of them is being done as a hotel. In fact, I think two of them will be, and that will change. We are very short on downtown hotel rooms. And there'll be cool buildings because all of XTO's buildings had been renovated and were beautiful. They weren't class A, but they were class B++, and they can be still be changed. So yeah. I think that's a really good thing for Fort Worth. We have to continue to look at, though, how do we attra attract corporate relocations for some of those buildings. The Frost Tower is the first commercial high-rise in about 30 years. Yep. The Omni's newer than that, but the Omni's not commercial. Right. Um, so it's really cool to see that building come up and the perch, you know, it's the Burden Branch now, the restaurant right. is a big hit. And the building itself is, you know, I think their occupancy rates come in really coming along. And that's a real sign, real positive sign for the city that they're willing to invest in a new building like that. I agree. I was down there the other day with uh, the developer and owner, and it's a fascinating building. And the fact that it's leasing up proves it. Mm -hmm. And they've done a beautiful job on that. It's very high tech. Yep. I mean, we were over there the very first day and somebody said exactly how do we use these elevators because they're so different. <laughs> There's no buttons anymore. It just kind of takes you where you need to go. Yep. We did our company retreat on their conference level a couple weeks ago and it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's it was a gorgeous. Great time. Our youngest son works over there and he just loves it. What, um, and we're going over there for a reception tonight as a matter of fact. Oh, really? It's, it's for the med school and TCU that's being done over there. Great. When are they opening? Do we know? 
the med school? Mm-hmm. Probably next year. Next year. Mm-hmm. What are the great qualities of a leader? You know, people always ask you that. Uh, it's hard. I just do my job yep. and have always been one who just, you know, you don't take no for an answer, but you don't bulldog your way through things either. You have to, I think one of the main qualities of a great leader is just you have to be willing to listen. Yep. There's a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth. Yeah. You know, you should listen twice as much as you talk and you have to be willing to compromise. Right. You have to be willing to work with all parties. Good leaders are generally pretty steady. That doesn't mean you don't get angry, but not you don't just blow up. Yep. You uh, learn you learn to and good leaders truly need to like people. I was gonna say that was what I was about to say is um, treating people like people and I think looking from the outside in it's your biggest strength is how you treat the community and me and anybody. Well, I always figure that I want my elected officials to treat me just like I would want to be treated. And so that's how I want to treat people too. I love it. Um, What is the best advice that you've ever been given? Uh, Work hard and do the right thing. Do Do your kids and your grandkids love that you're the mayor? They do. They have moments where they don't, you know, they have moments where I'm not around that they would wish I were there. But we try to make family a high priority. Friday nights are date night. Tom and I go out or or stay at home or go out with close friends and Sundays are family time. Yeah. But my kids love it, particularly my my little grandsons are fond and my granddaughter will be too, but she's little. She's three. You're their superhero, aren't you? Yeah, they think it's pretty cool. I mean, my one of my grandsons several years ago, um, he was kindergarten or first grade, I can't remember which, and I happened to know his teacher. Yeah. And she called me that night just laughing hysterically, and she said, uh, he put his hands on his hips today when I told him to do something and said, I don't have to. My Tootsie's <laughs> the boss of everyone. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't think so, not in this class. <laughs> but we've had a good laugh with him over that. Um, what, what is Fort Worth? Generally, they just think I'm their Tootsie, and that's, that's about it. How old are they? They are 11, 10, 5, 3, and 1. So for some of them, that, that's all they know is that mm-hmm. Tootsie's the mayor or mm-hmm. the boss of everybody. Um, and they, we try not to let them say that kind of stuff, but it was just funny that he said it in glass. Yeah. What does Fort Worth look like for them 10 years from now? What are we working on that is not, we're not going to see results quick, but 10 years from now we'll look back and say we're so glad we did these things. Well, I think the education piece yep. is first and foremost. In 10 years, I hope that we are one of the best educated major cities, if not in Texas, in, if not in the U.S., then certainly in Texas. Um, I hope that we have the healthiest community. Blue Zones, where Blue Zones approved. And What's fit- a Blue Zone? Blue Zone is our healthy community initiative where people are the most engaged in the city, live the longest. There's nine tenants of Blue Zones. It's a national program. It's taken us five years to get a certification. But here's the interesting thing about our Blue Zones initiative. 200,000 people are now engaged with the healthy community in this wow. city. And when we first started this, Gallup's Wellbeing, they surveyed the top 190 cities in the nation. And it's not a statistic we're proud of, but Fort Worth was number 185 out of 190. 
And now, with our Blue Zones efforts that we've worked on, we are number 58 wow. in the healthiest community. It's a huge move in five years. What is the quickest way that somebody can start getting healthy? Does it start with what they eat and exercise? You know, it's a more? combination of all of it. But getting healthy isn't just about what you eat, although that has to be a piece of it. It's about getting out and moving. Yep. It isn't making that commitment to be in the gym on January 1st and giving it up by March. Yep. It's just walking a little bit. Get up from your desk and walk around. Get out and walk to lunch. Like you said, yeah. don't have to have the closest parking spot when you go to the restaurant. Right. Park a little way out and walk. It's also about being engaged with people. Yep. Finding a faith-based connection is one of the things where people tend to live the longest. Finding a passion for what you do. If that's not in your job, find it in your community somewhere. Right. Enjoy your kids. Take them to the park. Take them to the botanic gardens, to the zoo. Just get just walk up and down your street and let them ride their bicycles or push their strollers and get to know your neighbors. Yep. You know, good strong cities that are healthy where people have a lot of years in their life. They don't live just the longest to be in a nursing home. They give back to their community and they're strong and vibrant are ones where people are really engaged with each other. I love it. The, uh, the trend in tech for a long time was getting people to not go outside and we're seeing a lot of new companies pop up and a lot of startups where they're using tech now to now tell, take people and put them back outside. Yeah, I think you have to. You have to. And tech can Especially in Texas. Absolutely. That's why we're here. We've got great weather. I mean, people say you've lost your mind if you think August is great. But, yeah. hey, you go, to, go somewhere during August. But, you know, or just it's Texas. You yep. just enjoy it. Um, tech shouldn't ever separate us from people either. Right. You know, you shouldn't get so ingrained in your phone or your iPad that you forget to talk to your friends. Yep. Or that you only text with them, that you never sit down and have a conversation with them. Or one of my pet peeves is to see mothers with their kids in their car seats and their seat belts, and they're on the phone, and the kids are chattering away. I, when my kids were little, and even junior high and high school before they started driving, I found out more about who they were running around with and what they were doing from listening to them Just sitting there in the car yeah. than any other time. I can't imagine being on the phone all the time and not hearing that chatter. That's that's a good point. It's like a hack. You're just mm -hmm. you're just paying attention to driving, but mm -hmm. you're learning about uh, the kids. What are um, the big stadium that's getting built, and it's beautiful, the new Will the Rogers. Dickies or Arena. the Dickies Arena. What, uh, what, I've, and I, what is going to, we have the rodeo, what other things can we talk about that will be happening there? That oh, we, we can have all before? kinds of things. It's a 14,000-seat arena. It'll hold nice mid-sized uh, concerts. We did not have that here, yep. and, nor anywhere on the western side of the Metroplex where you could have an, an intimate concert. Uh, NCAA quarterfinals will be there in 2020, 2021 and 2023 for the men and for the women. Uh, graduations soccer games, basketball, cool. all kinds of things. It really, truly is a great multi-purpose arena. Love it. Um, all right. I know you work a ton, but not everybody knows how much you actually do work and pour out for the city. Can you give us one typical day? Time, you know, when there, does it start and when does it end? There aren't many typical days, yeah. but... I'll give you an average day. Kay. On average, I generally start about 8.30. Okay. And I try to be home by 8.30 or 9 at night. Wow. 
every night. Most most nights, See, not Saturday, not Friday nights. Friday nights, I try to go home by four for date night. Mm-hmm, for date night, and Sundays I try to be home. We go to church and lunch and visit with the kids or have them all over. Whatever we're going to do. Saturdays we don't generally start till nine, and usually on Saturdays we're finished in the afternoon by two. Now we're liable to have a Saturday night event, but we'll have a break. How many vacation days are you allowed as mayor? You can have as many as you can take, and unfortunately, I'm <laughs> not, not very many. good at taking very yeah. many. So Sundays I do off every now and then. Sundays are generally off. This Sunday we have parade of lights, but that'll be fun because my grandkids will be with me. So about a eighty to a hundred hours a week, yeah, six probably. or seven days a week that you devote to the city. Yep. You care about this place, yeah. and it's a you know people often say. People who don't know much about city governance always say, you're bound to make a really nice living. Well, the mayor's office pays 29000 a year. Yeah. You're not... It works out to less than a dollar an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do it for the money. Yep, you don't. Um, and I think the people of Fort Worth would say that. You've, you've been an uh, inspiration to me. Uh, you've had a huge impact on the city. I'm excited to continue working with you as long as I can and really appreciate you talking with me today. Absolutely, Chris. You guys are doing a great job. It's really fun to see young developers, young tech people coming into Fort Worth and growing their businesses and see them starting up and succeeding. And you certainly are a good example of that. Thank you. Yeah, Thank this, you. this city is ripe for entrepreneurship. The scene is alive and well. This podcast, I started it as a way to portray the city in a way that shows all the cool people around town, what they're up to, um, and give a new kind of flavor on how much really is going on in the city. I think sometimes you read the newspaper and it's like a couple thousand jobs, a new restaurant opens, Mayor Price set a ribbon cutting, but that doesn't truly get you into the city hearing from the people, and that's my goal with this, is really to that's, put Fort Worth in the show light. That's great. People do need to get engaged and they do need to know their elected officials. They need to know the decisions that are being made from land use to transit to how many police officers we have makes a difference in the quality of the life in the city. And we have an incredible police department and yes, fire department. Yes, I know that's do. a huge part of uh, what you work on. They're great. Yep. They do a great job. So thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Hey guys, it's Chris. Thanks for listening today. Be on the lookout for new episodes coming soon that we're really excited about. If you'd subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify, and if you really love to give us a five-star review, we'd be super grateful. Have a great day.